What's up guys, Luke here. Today we are going deep on business ideas. This is something that if you've been laid off, if you have been um, downsized or whatever because of the, the COVID, maybe something that you've been thinking about for a while, we want you to steal our ideas. We want you to get out there and build a new future for yourself. There's so much opportunity out there. This was a really exciting episode. It goes long, it goes deep. We talk about businesses from all over the world, how we can apply them in Ireland, everything that you need to get started from if you have a million dollars to put into it or you know ten dollars we talk about every every budget so hope you enjoy this let's let's uh, get some feedback at luke at shark.ie if you thought this was interesting if you want to hear more of this we'd love to hear your feedback but for now enjoy the idea cast welcome to the shark pod the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. Every business, I have five companies now, we'll do 100 million this year. I started every one of those companies with no money. Zero money, man. Just hustle and grit and courage. I've called on people I didn't want to be with. I've done things I didn't want to do, okay? It is not about doing what you love. It's about doing whatever it takes to make your dreams a reality, to be closed and stay closed. If you're not closed on your product, if you're not buying your own product, why would you expect anybody else to? Man, 400 bucks is a lot of money. Your prospect says to you, $400, do it. Listen to me, man. You're 32 years old. You've been trying to save money for 20 years and you hadn't. Do it and do it now. I don't need anything special here. I'm not gonna be empathetic. Quit being stupid, write the check. What is up, Shark Nation? Okay, so that was Uncle G, uh, Grant Cardone, giving us a little bit of a, of a pep talk coming in here. Uh, today, we're going to have an idea cast, a positivity cast, a uh, COVID positive uh, ca cast um, for uh, for the, the day that's in it. Like, I, I just wanted to start off that, Mark, with, you know, something a little bit positive. I love the way Grant Cardone, for those of people who don't know that guy, um, he's a real estate guy, came from kind of sales guru background or whatever gets me going sometimes i just put him on in the morning when i'm uh about to make some some calls try to make some money but the the th the message there is just kind of like there's no excuse let's get get after it when you're trying to when you're trying to do something like he said like you've been trying to save money for 32 years and you hadn't so let's <laughs> just go for it like you know that's a great one yeah yeah <laughs> i love that um so uh welcome everybody to the podcast today today we are we are recording this on the 10th of may it is the day before my 31st birthday that means you know what that means mark no I, it's bono's birthday it's bono's birthday which is a big day <laughs> <laughs> big day around, today. The, around the curry baker household uh shout out to bono um and he's 60 today which is great but aside from bono's birthday <laughs> it's my birthday tomorrow um so i'm gonna be 31 the that means that i've got uh, I've got nine years to get this together so I can retire at 40, house paid off, all that type of stuff. All right. So today we're going to have a chat about business ideas for people. Um, we we're, were talking before the, the podcast started today and we were talking about how how much opportunity is going to be coming out of this after 
the the coronavirus um, either dies down, they get some sort of treatment, or you know the hysteria is over, it burns out itself, whatever. Two years from now, it's going to be a, maybe a new normal, but it's going to be so much opportunity. And we talked as well about the people who just got off the hook yesterday uh, about not doing the leaving cert. I couldn't imagine a better gift. You guys, you can literally do anything you want. You have no, there'll be no stick to beat you with uh, from employers. What'd you get in your leaving cert? Oh yeah, it was the COVID year. Get out of jail free card. Get out of jail free card. I know you can't, I was going to say, we just go to Greece or something for that month or, you know, go do something. Uh, But I guess you can't leave your house. But uh, essentially it's opt in though. You, You can do it. Can you? I think it's not opt in. You, you can do it if you feel that what you've got isn't what you should have got. I think you can you can do it. I think that's that's an option, which is which is great. Yeah, I don't roll the mm-hmm. dice in the first one. I think I'd take whatever they gave me and just get out there and start living my life. You know, uh, I'm not a big fan of the, the leaving cert just because I think it just stifles the creativity of people, puts people in a box. Says Mark, you're a 500 guy. Luke, you're a 300 guy. And that's your kind of destiny, even though it's absolutely not the case. But, um, okay, so, Mark, I've got a whole host of ideas here for businesses, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The idea here is to talk about businesses that we think are good. I'm going to kind of pitch them at you. Um, You can say, you know, that's that's BS or, you know, is this idea going to sink or swim or get eaten by sharks? That's kind of where we're going with this, okay? Um, So... The, the the ones that I've have lined up, these are all ones that either have a lot of funding or don't have any funding. I think that's going to be it's something that coming out of this um, this kind of pandemic, we everyone's into big thinking, right? Um, but what about those boring businesses? These are the ones that I'm kind of I'm thinking are are going to be around if they're around for the last ten years, they're going to be around for the next ten years. Do you mm. know what I mean? So. If we can put a little bit of marketing and put a little bit of innovation into these businesses, um, we should be able to to compete. Also, competition in business is something that rich people made up to keep you poor. Guess who said that? You. Yeah, I just wrote that down before we started here. Because <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe in competition. I mean, take take your business for uh, for example, like recruitment. If you Google recruitment agencies in Ireland or UK or whatever, you may never start that business. There's a lot mm. of people playing in there. So, I mean, what makes you guys, like maybe for the listeners, what makes you guys think that this was going to be, like, was that something that you considered? You're like, this is a lot well, of people in the that, space. Like, well, that's, that's a situation where you're currently in that line of work already. You think you're, you're pretty good. You know, you're confident. And you're working for a company or a person, and then you go out on your own. That's that's probably the easiest way to do things, I'd imagine. You know, whether you're a landscaper or a painter and decorator yeah. or an accountant or whatever. So you kind of have a leg up there. You have in, you already have all the insight that you need, but you probably what you don't have is the credibility as a business owner. That kind of face to face experience or just people aren't used to seeing you, I suppose, as the main way to talk to. And the only way to get around that is to actually just do it. Yeah. Screw you know, it. Let's do it. One, one, be very, very good at what you do. Um, running a business and being an employee are two separate skill sets as well. 
But if you're entrepreneurial and you're an employee, you can pretty much run a company then, I think. Um, you learn as you go, you get advice, use mentors, but I think excellent marketing, and that's marketing yourself as a brand, you should do that before you, you jump ship even. like You should be creating your brand since you're you know, 15 years of age. You know, and, and whether you cultivate that on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or all platforms, you should be doing that. I couldn't agree more. This is something, mm. Mark, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's a sharp tip for the people out there because people in Ireland are afraid to put themselves out there. And if they do, they do it in a very controlled way, right? Where mm. it's on LinkedIn. Like, for, for instance, uh, someone I know on LinkedIn, she's she is getting after it. Like, she's really putting up not controversial stuff, but very honest stuff. And mm. everyone is watching with their popcorn, you know. Uh, so people have screenshotted things that she's said and uh, and send them to me. Do you know that kind of way? That's, a, that's, yeah. that's personal brand building, right? Um, I, I don't think there's any need to be controversial. But if you're putting it, like the, the question is like, say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out um, on social media. And someone goes, oh, I don't know if people would, 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 if they'd like that or whatever. Well, you get stats. You get your stats. You see how many views your your post gets. You might say with me with my LinkedIn, it's it's most ninety percent recruitment and and finance kind of stuff. Every now and again, I'll put up the new painting I did, yeah, and that gets ten thousand views. Whereas a post about a new job will get you know two thousand. So it's mixing it up. It's having the brand. It's a great asset that you have there as well with your with your talent, and you kind of bring the two together. But also, you're not just the the artist recruiter. You have got the chops in. Uh, in the recruitment field completely separate but it's nice to kind of sprinkle that in as well um the some of the some of the ideas that we have here that are the businesses are like i said the kind of actually i read a book during the week um how to get rich by felix dennis um it was okay there was some really good gems in there he he's a, a guy who started maxim magazine uh yep. pc mag i think loads and loads of magazines and he's you know i think hundreds of millions um, even when he wrote the book 20 years ago, he was, uh, you know, one of the big guys in the UK. Um, a magazine isn't something anybody's going to be picking up uh, in the future, no, I imagine. Magazines is, uh, is, a, is a, you know... Especially a, in a doctor's yeah. waiting room. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one, uh, Felix. But a lot of the things he was talking about were quite interesting. And he was saying that he the stuff that he likes to invest in is the really boring stuff. Um, so he's like, like magazines is pretty pretty boring, you know, Um he said the his one of his richest friends digs holes for construction sites. That's what he. That's literally do. boring. That's into like into the ground. Actually, he's boring into the ground. <laughs> you know. So my, my my point is, I remember there's a, a great business that we used to go to when I was a landscaper back in the day, um, and it was I think it's called Kings, and it's down in Wicklow anyway, down past the Beehive or just before the Beehive. You turn right. Um, for yeah. those international that's beehive is a, a pub in Wicklow anyway um, these guys they did like mulch do you know what, do you know what I mean by mulch mm. like like a, for gardening it's, it's it's essentially a byproduct of something else I'd imagine that it... exactly so it was like um, like a like mulch compost all that stuff that like a, like B2B sales so they'd have stacks of this stuff we'd back up a mm. truck We'd fill up a truck. We'd pay them whatever, a few hundred euro. But they got that mm. stuff for free. So basically, uh, people would come in, drop off their their waste uh, wood bits. You know, when they uh, maybe they have B two B business relationships with uh, like tree surgeons or something. They bring all their 
their stuff for there. They take it off them for free. They put it through a grinder and then sell <laughs> sell it mm. on. It's really I love that. And I'd say wasn't wasn't that that's what your your uncle George's neighbor was doing in, in Toronto? Exactly. He had a yeah. he has I really like that guy. He's <laughs> has the most uh, diverse portfolio. This guy. <laughs> Basically, outside his house, he's got this big sign that says, leave your metal, or we take metal or something. So everyone leaves their metal bullshit in his... I think he also has a sign to the government to or to stay away and whatever he does in there is none of their business. I think, yeah, I think he might be kind of an eccentric, <laughs> but I quite like that. Um, so basically, he, he takes things for free and, and sells them on. But he also has like a gravel pit on his land where he just digs up gravel, uh, has a machine that that uh, processes processes that and then he sells it to construction companies love that you know yeah um, he's doing very well uh okay so number one the first the first um business that i wanted to have a chat with you about was this one out of tennessee it's called outbound view so it's outboundview.com so i come from a kind of an inbound marketing uh background because that's what my um my company hubspot sells you know that's kind of well, exp- the, explain what inbound marketing is just for people inbound. who don't know Basically, inbound marketing is putting out content, putting out, um, it, can be, it can be advertising as well, but it's just basically getting people to come to you uh, because you're the trusted source of information. <clears throat> then you'd get them to convert on a landing page or whatever into a lead. Um, so they are asking you, they're putting their hand up and they're saying, you know, I want to talk to you about doing business, right? Um, this kind of concept, you know, it's been around for a while, um, but from a B2B point of view, um, sometimes the the outbound is got a bit of a, a bad rap, but it is something that's necessary. For instance, when you're trying to get new clients to do your recruiting for, you know, you can make a lot of content and wait around for them to come to your website, uh, but or you can try to reach them some other way through your network or whatever, right? So what outbound reach do, or sorry, outbound view? They're based out of Tennessee. This is something that people could start in Ireland uh, for very, very cheap. And basically what they do is they book meetings for um, they book meetings for companies, right? So say if you're a company like you guys, let's take this take you uh, your your company and you're trying to you're trying to keep your head count down. Building a, a sales organization is incredibly expensive. One, you have to get the right people in. Two, you have to get the right process in. So it's it's a lot of trial and error. It could take a couple of years to get uh, a sales organization up and running for your business. Okay, so what outbound, mm-hmm. outbound, um, what outbound view are doing is basically you're outsourcing the top of funnel to these guys. So these guys are really, really well trained um, business developers. So you go to them and say, okay, I want to have meetings, qualified meetings with uh, companies all over Europe that are looking to hire financial talent. Okay, so I'm only going to pay you when you get those meetings, basically, right? So you go to them and say, okay, here's all the criteria. Then there's a negotiation where they say, okay, you have to be a little bit flexible. You have to pay for a meeting we get if we get three out of these five um, criteria. Do you know? Anyway, Mm. so once they book meetings for you, you, they charge by the meeting. So let's say... You know, they do 10 meetings. A meeting for you might be worth, I don't know, 1,000 euro, 5,000 euro, depending on if it closes and then they, they're they sending business your way to for the recruitment. So those leads can be really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. And they're not just leads. They're this kind of 
up uh, a level and we're going to talk about lead generation businesses as well but this is kind of up a level um it's getting imagine you come in in the morning you've got two or three really highly qualified uh meetings and you're but you're going to pay for them but it's mm. saving you so much time imagine if you had to hire somebody to do that mm. and train them like what do you think about that business yeah it sounds good they would have to be that you know they'd have to represent your company though you know how, how does that work this is the thing the, the downside it's interesting to say that because everyone knows that this type of business it's not a, a new business but um this type of business there is some brand risk mm. right so these guys are going to be representing you there's going to be they're going to you're paying them to be kind of very aggressive they only get paid if they get a meeting for you so they're going to call your target list you know 50 50 times you're going to burn some bridges yeah i think in our industry you probably wouldn't be able that wouldn't be something that we do in, in recruitment because it's all about relationships and i mean person to person not company to company you know it's all about people whereas okay. other things are oh yeah it could be it could be it could be very very useful for lots of things and obviously is but maybe not what i do so say if you were a, a software company or a consulting company or something like that and mm. you want to a software consulting company let's say Mm. and you want to make sure that you never miss what's happening so you always have an opportunity to you know propose for a a a project that's happening in the industry that you're targeting i think mm. this is a great way for you to keep your finger on the pulse and never miss anything because these guys will constantly be calling a, a set kind of buyer persona for you and i think in that type of industry your like your brand risk isn't as much if you're just reaching out and say hey, basically you know hey guys do you have any uh, projects that are upcoming that we can bid for that's basically it yeah do you know what I mean? mm-hmm. so this is uh something that you could look at but i think from a, a business point of view say if you're coming out of secondary school or you're coming out of college or something you and your friend can sit in your box room start a company build a website on wix um basically pick up the phone call any company um that kind of fits the persona or where the brand risk isn't so big with that type of thing and say hey do you want us to to work on your top of funnel we send you a uh, we send you a meeting we'll book the meeting we'll come to the meeting as well if you want so we can do the handoff you know really hands-on um and you give us 500 euro every time you could do that yeah i think i think that's a great business the, the barriers to entry are are very very low to actually start that we have you, you got to be good at what you do to 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 win i suppose which is you you, you have to self-train and look you can learn that on in, in books or, or youtube how to be a good kind of top of funnel person or salesman or whatever way you want to put it yeah. grant, I think, Cardo- grant cardone you that's that's his uh, grant cardone has a, a learning um platform that's really good okay yeah well that's like investing in yourself and that yeah. will i'd recommend doing that anyway never yeah. mind if you're going to start this business I think where smaller businesses fail is probably that they don't have that that kind of top of funnel s- staff member because all they have is, you know, the manager, the five employees yeah. or whatever, um, maybe a, a marketing person, but maybe marketing should be, a marketing person should be half salesperson, half marketing, maybe they're hand in hand, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it'd be a good equalizer for for smaller companies to use. Yeah. I think bigger companies could probably afford their own the in-house salesperson who understands the business, who can go on the road maybe. And maybe 
if you want to scale a business bigger, you're probably, you could say with a small business, I'm not bringing in some company to, to build my network. You'd be like, I'll build it from, you know, 5k radius and then 10k radius and yeah. real Dublin style, which, which will work and you can build quite a big business, but you won't build a, a billion euro business that way. Exactly. And it's, it's something that, I wanted to bring up because it's, it goes back to one of our first episodes where ain't nobody want to sell shit. Everyone hates the top of funnel. Mm. Everyone hates finding deals. And if you can do something that no one else wants to do, you can get paid for it. Yeah. You know, it's like the dino rod people with their slogan on the side of their, um, on the side of their vans. You're, you're, you know, what is our bread and butter? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's written That's on their vans. I love that one. Okay, cool. So that one's kind of, it's kind of a, you know, in, in the middle, it's a good idea. If somebody just comes out of school or something and they want to figure out a way of it getting something where they can make money quickly low barrier of entry i think it can be something to look into so especially nowadays because i know people who are kind of business development have business development roles in companies and where half the staff have have been either let go or are laid off for a bit and they're still there because yeah it seems strange that a business developer when there's no business around but that's when you need the most 100 percent. also the there's kind of economies of scale as you get bigger as at this, as this company because you'll basically over time you'll build your own crm you'll build your own like all the the sales uh all the sales software pieces that your company will buy so you get to sell that access to a company so say i can call you up and say you know what i've got the the ceos of every financial company in london i know them i've talked to them before i've sold them other things do you know mm. what I mean? That's then they starts to get a little bit, you know. All right. And you're a data. Then you're a, you're a data company. You yeah, know exactly. And I'm not going to share mm. the. It, it's it's okay for GDPR because I'm not going to share that information with you. Sure, that's I can't share mm. that. That's what that's that's where my money's coming from. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. So I can yeah. say, you know, do you want access to this Rolodex plus all of the uh, software um, infrastructure that I've built around this business? Uh, you don't even have to pay me anything. It's a pay. It could. Yeah, yeah. It, but uh, I like the way it could globalize a your a business. You know, open the market up to Europe, to America, in a, with the click of a switch. You know, yeah, click of a switch. Cool. All right. So that's that's number one. The second one I want to talk talk to you about is basically taking taking a an infrastructure, right? So it's, it's taking something that's really old and established, and then putting a marketing layer on top. So you become yeah. a marketing company more than a product company. Yeah. And this is something that people don't really think about. So let's have a think about this one here. Um, so if you say, if you go to brex.com, B-R-E-X.com. Yeah. These guys are a, a credit card company for for startups. So first corporate credit card. If you go to the website, you see the branding is really, really nice. It's a great website. Put it up there. Share your screen there. If, if you, okay. Yeah. If you. This is not great for Spotify and, and so forth. No, it's okay. I'll give you some... Uh, Click on the YouTube, by the way. People don't know we're on YouTube. So are you on the website now? You see it? Yeah. Okay. So this is a credit card, right? So as you can see, this is actually a MasterCard. So what Brex have done is they're taking the infrastructure of MasterCard and they're putting a spin on it. So basically, you could do this for anything. You pick a industry... Right, and you say, okay, let's do a credit card for, like you said, the recruiting business, because that's what you're in. Okay, so mm-hmm. you basically have a website where 
you have all of your marketing just focused on um, just focused on the recruiting business uh, getting people to drive there you you've looked at a business and you've broken down exactly what the issues are with your your payments with your you know like all of the the things that are that you spend money on and you're building um you're building like uh, reward programs for a credit card based on the needs of a certain industry right so basically mm-hmm. we would sell rec- recruiting uh specialized um credit cards or doesn't have to be recruiting anything do you see where i'm go- going with okay. this so basically no keep going so basically if you if you have some money to to if you if you got some money to really market yeah. something you can set up a credit card for any sp- particular type of person and then build a brand around that so people use your pre- credit card every time what's they the, what's the benefit of of that person using that credit card over a normal mastercard exactly so we would have to say okay what do you spend your money on as a recruitment okay Co- bring bringing people out for coffee every time you bring somebody out for coffee we give you some some sort of um benefit on that um every time you um you know i don't know, run a, a corporate event if it's on their list of vendors or something we're going to give you a a benefit of of whatever air miles or whatever so basically we're taking the we're taking like what mastercard would do to the broader audience and we're niching down maybe a recruitment was a bad okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing but like pick a pick an industry right and then you would have the different so basically you're the risk here is zero because you're not handling the payments you don't have to pay for the technology you literally get an agreement with a mastercard you spin up a nice website and basically you just send these out to people who are we get them to sign up one you'll get the recruit the the referral bonus that uh mastercard have i don't know what it is whatever 200 dollars or something um to get somebody to sign up for mastercard and you can uh, negotiate like a 0.03 percent or whatever of the of the charges as a commission okay do you know what I mean nothing yeah we could do this mark we could do this in in six months we could have this going up and these brex guys what what kind of companies do they work with then so these guys every like, every company yeah these are actually for for startups so they have these this is maybe this is a big example so these guys have a lot of money behind them and that all that type of stuff but i just want to show you what's kind of out there right so if you come down here mm-hmm. um so, so stuff like they give you 7x um rewards on ride shares so you know like if you use uber with it so anything that they take basically took startups in silicon valley and say okay what do they spend money on um recruiting yeah. software um like on travel they'll give you a stuff like that when you're going around uh, trying to sell your your new company um the idea and here, who gives uh, who gives you the money who gives you the rewards so you would, mastercard mastercard gives you the re- rewards so you would have to balance you get like i don't know what type of uh there'd be like a reward sheet and you'd have to pick okay these are the ones that we want to generate and then uh, Ma- uh, mastercard would say okay it's going to cost you x amount per reward point or something so you'd have to balance it up and make it worth your while obviously um, yeah but there's i think there's so much flexibility there we could a credit card for every type of industry you know makes people i wouldn't say there's too much work involved either like you're just a real middleman yeah exactly you're the marketing mm. company mm. 
And there's loads of things that you can do around being a marketing company. I know this for a fact because Payfirma, the people I worked with in Canada, they're a marketing company. They don't own mm. the tech. Well, they own the the front end, but they don't own the processing. So they've put on software at the front to make it look nice. And then when you do a process a payment, it goes through the bank. It doesn't go through Payfirma. Oh, okay. Actually, I think they might have kind of been acquired and now they're doing their own payments, but like at the time, right? Mm. So what do you think? What do you think about that idea? Sink or swim? Yeah. No, I think it's it's obviously, a, it obviously works. Um, I just, I just have to see how, as a business, say it's recruitment, like it'd be like, you'd really have to sell it to me well, yeah. you know, but if, if every consultant was to get one of these cards, it, you know, it would it would make sense because it is the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. It's coffees, it's lunches, you know, anywhere where there's predictable recurring uh, costs, expenses. I think it would work, yeah. I love this uh, I love this idea, something that we might take offline and talk about. But um, I think this is one for the future as well. People aren't going to stop uh, using cards. I think cards, credit cards going to go up. In Canada, I was I was people I was terms. down in in Dunleary, um the other day getting a, a Teddy's ice cream. They were uh, oh no, sorry, it wasn't a Teddy's ice cream. Uh, it was I think I was looking. It was insomnia or something, and I didn't have my card on me. And we walked all the way there, and it was a bit of a reward for the kids walking all the way down. Yeah. And all I had was a twenty euro note, and nobody in the, on that near that kind of promenade area, um, Dunleary, in Dunleary would take my money crazy this is exactly that's a, a great use case for this especially with the covid stuff um mm. i think this is something that we could do and we could do you know what we could any type of fintech thing like we can we can raise money on the back of that that's no problem okay so that that one's kind of a good one as well so that was kind of in the middle there um the first one you kind of liked the second one was pretty good mm-hmm. um this one is a this one's called healthy.io it is a uh, a startup out of Israel. Israel are amazing for their tech their tech startups there. So much stuff's coming out of there right now. Something that we should oh in Ireland we should be dominating this. We've got so many people working in tech. The problem is that the tech jobs pay too well to American companies and it's hard to just uh leave all that behind to take a risk, I think, for Irish people. But you know, we've got so much tech talent in Ireland now. We need to really up our game. So with all of the uh, COVID stuff, healthy.io is basically sending out packs to people to self, uh, self-test self for things, right? So you get it every three months or whatever. Um, it's a, I think it's like urine or something uh, that they're testing. And for the people listening and not being able to see my screen, it's basically early disease detection. So you're kind of, people right now, they're obsessed with their health right now. Everyone's worried about the COVID. Um, They've so these guys have sold over a hundred thousand uh, kits. Basically, they send it out. You, your uh, the the kit that they have. You just put your your pee stick into the kit, and it's like Bluetooth or something. It syncs with your phone and then sends it back to like a professional, a medical person. Oh, say that at. again. <laughs> say that again. That bit. Okay, so you let's say that you pee on a stick or whatever. Yeah. Or you put you pee into a you know you know the way they do the stick thing. Um, or, or prick, prick your your blood, yeah, yeah, let's your say finger, yeah, whatever. Um, you actually have an analyzer there that you put your 
your stick or it whatever. reads it yeah. yeah it reads it and then it sends it to you, sends it to your phone and then in turn that sends it to a medical professional to look at or ai to see what's what's on the horizon go see a doctor your kidneys are failing etc wow what do you think about that that's super I, I i think a company company called let's get checked um a guy I know, Peter Foley, they're based in Dunleary there. They recent, they raised about, I think they raised a further 71 million this week. Um, nice. And they, they're doing very well. Um, I think they did self, self-testing like for all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, diseases and, and STDs and stuff like that. But uh, I think they're doing something with COVID-19 as well. Nice. What I the, the reason why I brought this up is because I think people will be taking, taking back control of their health after this. This is going to be something that we've, like, the even trying to get, like, I'm in, uh, I'm in Greystones. I was trying to get into one of the, the doctor's offices here, and they, I call yeah. them and they say, uh, "Sorry, we're not taking any more patients." Can you imagine that? We're not taking any more customers. Yeah. And then I don't. So I had to go a little bit further afield. But another thing that's going to be huge is online consultation. Online? How do you? So online? So it's basically like a secure Zoom link or something. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But there'll be a. I, I know someone who's who's currently doing it, or in the process of building a proper tech for it. Um, in that in that industry already, who have pivoted and who have got over a hundred consultants signed up already to to agree to do it. Love, I love that because basically what your friend there is doing is they're they're tapping into the talent of other people to uh, to figure that out. I had a, a prospect recently. Um, who they're in a they're in the uk they do uh i forget what it's called now but at locum joe locum yeah um, where people you know who are nurses or doctors or whatever they kind of work chemists and stuff yeah chemists and stuff like that they work kind of part-time or whatever um these guys have like the locum market recruitment sewn up in the uk um and they are doing an incredible job basically we try to you know you know, change their business a little bit to make it a little bit easier, but they, it just, they're making so much money that they didn't really care. <laughs> so, wow. Um, basically, is there something over here doing similar? I don't know. I don't think there is. This is what I'm saying. Mm. Is there space to, well, there's always space. Like I said, there's no such thing as competition. People choose, if you just get there first when they want it, they'll buy it from you. Um, so, I think there's something to be said for a set up like a, a jobs, not even a jobs board, but like uh, a 1 800 locum. You need a locum. You give us a call. We'll figure it out. Mm. You know, um, and then we take a referral fee. Uh, we actually pay the the locum people. We can do that as well to kind of separate that if you want it. Yeah, like a contractor yeah. Uh, type. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's being done over here. In fairness, um, I think there's a. I was speaking to a guy before. I think he it was a a chemist and an accountant, and uh, he was doing a bit of both. It's an interesting mix, and I think it's an app they have as well. Okay, it's a great. It's a great. It like, uh, gives you great freedom. That that kind of lifestyle. Love the lifestyle as well. So mm. it's kind of like they don't really sell that when they're selling being a pharmacist, but mm. I think that's probably the best lifestyle uh, or best aspect of being a, a, fem, a feminist. That, that unless you're a, a Walter White type character. Yeah, exactly. Make some uh, <laughs> make some powder on the side. Okay, so the reason why I brought this up is I think that if there's younger people listening to this and they want to figure out. Um, you know how to tap into the the new hysteria about um you know health concerns and stuff like that i think there's loads and loads of space here uh, and it's gonna be yeah i think the self the self-testing um 
at home. I think it was it was going to be going it was going to be doing well anyway. It's just kind of going to be spiked now because of uh, because of COVID nineteen. So keep that in mind, and also see if there's any way you can be a middleman. If there's any way you can generate some like top of funnel for these types of businesses, mm. it's always going to be a problem. Whatever I think that's the takeaway for from today. Whatever happens, top of funnel is going to be a pain in the you know what for everybody. Yeah, so social media is tough for these kind of um, these kind of companies as well. I remember a friend of mine in it, it was the guy I mentioned earlier kind of sent me a link to like their, their Facebook page and I was like it's for STD testing as well you know I don't know if it's going to be liking, <laughs> liking that page exactly so it's kind of I guess it's it's a little bit taps into the like what HIMSS is doing in America where it's like any type of erectile dysfunction or yeah. anything like that it, they do it a very covert way kind of under you don't have to go to the, anywhere you don't want to physically it's anything that's embarrassing to go in and physically do yeah you don't need yeah. to yeah I think that's brilliant I love that idea too um, it's going to save lives as well yeah like, exactly so it's doing a good thing I don't know mm. if, uh, if erectile dysfunction is really a life-threatening thing, but it could be a, a socially damning thing. <laughs> it's going to create lives. It's going to it's going to create lives for sure. <laughs> okay, uh, stay strong out there, guys. Okay, <laughs> right. This this next one, right? I've loved this business for ages. Like these were our competitors when we were in Canada. All right, this is a they're called Helsum. So it's H E L C I M. I believe that they're based in Washington State. Um, but they've got a, a nicer website than they did when I was competing against them. But these guys, they've they've figured out they've they figured out the the game a little bit with the payments. Okay, so they do merchant services, which means that they do um, any type of like any any way you can take payments. They basically are the middleman for uh, payment processing. So for retail, for ecom, whenever anyone uses any uh, processing, uh, it has to go through some sort of back end that connects to the bank yeah. right so what they do is these guys they said they said okay what's they looked at the business and they said okay what is the most expensive part of of the business and it's 100 percent. it is a sales game there's no difference like like a pay firm we had a great sales team that's why we were we were growing the way we were but it's expensive to have a sales team right because you got to pay them residual you got to pay them uh commission all that type of stuff so and it's so comp- this is ultra competitive because a a, a term a, a payment terminal another thing that you tap your your card on like that's interchangeable everyone does that do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's 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 really goes down to kind of a price war uh, and mm-hmm. kind of negotiating a lot of negotiating um, and going through like I remember when I was doing this type of sale I really liked it but I think a lot of people would hate it because it's all negotiating it's basically they would send you their bills and I'd go through their bills over the last three years and try to figure out where we can save the money mm. so it was very time consuming but it was you know it can be lucrative but these guys mm-hmm. really uh these it's a really good um a really good model so what they do is they do a lot of online marketing right so they they spend a lot on ads they spend a lot on kind of content and stuff like that to drive people to the website right and the way the business works is let's just make this really simple for people who have never been in the industry right Say a, a credit card payment. It costs, um, it costs the merchant two percent to, on average, say to process a Mastercard. Yep. So you, the price for uh, headphones is a hundred euro. They actually pay, uh, they actually pay two euro to Mastercard if you pay with your card. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a cost. Every time that you use your card, uh, Visa charges the merchant. Okay. Okay. So that's to say it goes up as far as 4.8% with um, American Express, right? So that's why a lot of people don't take American Express because it eats into oh, the okay. margin. But anyway, so let's think about this, right? So it's 2% that the merchant is paying on every transaction. Okay. The the cost of, of processing these payments for, say, Helsum is about 1.5%. That's kind of the baseline. That's what everybody, this, that's what MasterCard give you. They say, okay, this is how much it's going to cost you to process these payments. Okay. So there's a gap of 0.5% between um, what the merchant is paying and what you have to pay to the to the bank. So you're the middleman. Okay. Yep. Yep. So that fifty cents uh, is your margin, right? So what these guys do is they'll go in and they'll say, okay, they're going to win every deal because they're so cheap. Basically, they've got like there's no sales people calling phones or anything. They come in and they you fill out a form on the website. You upload all of the documents that you need to set up a, mer- a merchant account. They process them. Okay, get you approved with the bank and all that type of stuff. They give you the lowest rates possible. So say if it's 1.5% is their cost, they'll give it for 1.6%. So it's tiny, tiny little margin. Okay. So they cast the net really, really wide. And then what they do is they, in three months, if your account isn't profitable, if you're not processing millions and millions in credit card payments, um, they send you a letter saying that your, uh, the cost of your, uh, uh, the cost of your card processing uh, is going up to 2.5%, right? And that makes it profitable or whatever the profitable number is, mm. right? And basically you you have the choice to say, I don't want to go through that again. I'll just stay here. And then they've got a profitable customer or they say, I'm not paying that. I'll go somewhere else. So over time, they distill the market down to only the best customers and they didn't have any salespeople. It's amazing. They've got this big... But how do they get... Yeah, it is amazing. But how do they get the 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 customers in the first place? They advertise. So if you're a merchant, they'll you'll see a Google AdWord that says, "Hey, come to Helsum. Okay. We'll give you one point six percent." They know that you're paying two percent. And who would there? When you said they cast it wide, who who would be the range of uh, you know customers? The customers that they're going after are people who are processing, say, quarter million a, a month in credit card payments. So, online or physically or everywhere so like whether that be say uh like woody's diy yeah. or something they put through loads and loads on cards you know and any of those yeah. kind of bigger companies they're the profitable ones so basically they're they're doing what's called a lift in in the industry where if they're not profitable basically you just lift up the price and until they are profitable or they leave so it's like firing your bad customers and then you yeah. only have good customers yeah you could if you had a couple of hundred grand you could do this in ireland mm. easily you, who would be the biggest players over here elevon elevon for sure um global payments um the, the the biggest problem here would be that in ireland uh like i think it's it's kind of a kind of a sleepy industry here where people don't really make that much money out of it it's not as dynamic as north america so i think like bank of ireland and aib do their own ones so they have access to all of the customers 
so they'll just okay. sign them up with a uh, merchant account when you go in to do your business banking so it would be a little bit harder okay yeah. so i would say go after the uk yeah but you could do it from yeah. your bedroom yeah That's well, the the, yeah what, what would be the point of targeting a small market if if it's you know if it's not a bricks of bricks and mortar business exactly so this mm. i think you could roll this model out to loads of things so you could say okay i don't know uh mm. the, the accounting game say okay you want what's the i don't know what the rates are for renting auditing staff but you could say okay auditing i can make x amount of euro um x amount of euro per head uh that is profitable for me but i need really big projects so you just basically you've got an auditing project come here fill out a form we'll see what's the the minimum we can do on that or whatever so yeah. i basically i'm trying to take out sales out of these uh situations because sales is the most expensive part but they, uh, yeah, well, that's in contrast to the first company, which is exactly. trying to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, we're, ex- this is exactly what I'm talking about. So, this is a juxtaposition um, to what my, what my uh, first couple of businesses were. But I just thought it'd be interesting to, to have a look at this just because I love this business and I used to compete against them. Um, so, out there, if people are trying to come up with business ideas or they're trying to go out on their own, think about how you can just build. A, a a website that is is something where you can control the payments so it's something that is if there is a business out there where size matters where the customer size matters if you can advertise how do you, how do you cleanse them you send them a letter saying that their 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 uh costs are going up yeah, is that in the T's? That's obviously in the T's and C's when when you first sign up. Yeah, subject to change. <laughs> <laughs> it's clever. It's kind of like a freemium type thing where you you get them in and then if 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 they're not if they don't want to pay, they go. Exactly. So yeah. something interesting, something to think about there. I've got yeah. a couple of more here. I want to I want to jump into. We're just gonna like go pretty quick here. Um, outside talent or outtalent.com. Um, out talent they are this, what, why this really kind of popped up for me this is a y combinator um uh business so that they're the big kind of uh accelerator program in america they're kind of like the harvard for startups um yeah these guys they're uh, they're based um i think they're based in, in america but their whole idea is there's so much talent in india and uh you know wherever africa or whatever that are not getting a fair shake with the big tech firms so they go mm-hmm. to try to outsource uh, projects to these uh these places and the reason why i thought this was interesting they've they've raised quite a lot of money but what I, the reason why i thought this was interesting is when i started a an ill-fated uh, tech recruitment business a few years ago um, whenever i was advertising i was getting an incredible amount of cvs from india from really mm-hmm. highly qualified people right so is there from i just wanted to pick your brain on this is there anything that we can do in Ireland to try to tap into that the potential there. If you're a recruiter, um, do you see an angle here, Mark? I I see I see it from the company's perspective where, well, let's say from now a lot of companies are going to be work having their staff work remotely, so that opens it up 
there's plenty there's so many well there's pros and cons but there's so many pros on that one of the pros is that you're you're employed you don't have to have your rent is lower you know you don't have to have as many desks um so your your staff can work from home maybe there's a work-life balance thing there for them so they're in Wicklow and they don't have to commute into Dublin they're even in Longford and they don't have to commute in, in, into Dublin therefore the the housing prices go down rent goes down that solves a lot of not solves but it helps a lot of the housing problems now which I think is super um and but it also opens it up outside Ireland it means that your employees don't have to if they're going to work remotely, I know some company, one company I was speaking to the other day who were about to, to uh, get a bigger office before this happened five times the size of the one that they're currently in. And now they're considering having 200 of their staff working from home. Amazing. Uh, this is a revolution. Yeah. Uh, as a tech company, um, you know it, I won't say it is, but um, so Therefore, that they were saying that opens up their their employees to to be to come from international companies. You know, not in our countries, not just not just Dublin. So why why do you necessarily need Irish staff if you don't have an Irish office to go into? Yeah, it's such a different mindset. So when where that sorry, look, where where a recruitment company doing this would struggle a little bit um, is that the the kind of in-house if, if the company is big enough if it's a facebook or whatever they, ha- they have in-house recruiters that would be getting those applications directly why where's where's the value you're adding as a as an international recruiter there could you do something around okay so maybe not the recruitment angle but is is there something that you could set up in ireland to say again a marketing company where all we do is whatever a type of project is in demand or like a, a list of projects that we do. And we literally just, I know outsourcing is not a new idea, but we could in these times with all of the, the software we have on productivity, so we can actually see what people are spending their time on. So right now it costs, say if you're a tech um, consultant, it costs around 900 euro a day to have you work on a project. For, that's what consultancies charge, right? So 900 euro a day, um, if you can, do that but outsource it to somebody that works for you in india so it's not just some random person but some of that you you know you're on zoom every day you can even have a screen up and watch them work do mm. you know what i mean uh, well, well, and, that is there is companies that do that you know um i don't know if it's not fiverr type companies that's a little bit different fiverr and you know filipino kind of jobs and stuff like that yeah but yeah, no, I think I think that's already happening because of technology. Yeah, but I think there'll be more appetite for, for it from let's say normal companies um, to start doing that a lot more. And you're thinking, how do you how would a company fit in between the say the recruitment company and like you could use a recruitment business or an accountancy business or whatever it is, and then um, the the staff. Or the, I don't know. I don't know how that would. Okay, well, it's it's something that we need to maybe think about a little bit. Someone out there, the idea for this one is just kind of plant a seed to say, okay, you know that there's whatever a hundred million tech experts in India that mm-hmm. are that are, cannot move to Ireland right now. They're not getting visas for Ireland. Do you know what I mean? So how can we leverage them where they are for for business here? I think leverage is going to be the the biggest thing that comes out of the COVID uh situation 
that's where people are going to make money if you can leverage talent somewhere if you can leverage the like i said the the uh, the mastercard infrastructure if you can leverage anything like that and just build something on top you're gonna be golden there's so much opportunity mm. out there it's like that i've just i'm so excited about everyone being online all the time and being able to sell just to millions and billions of people rather than just low like this is opening it up the mindset it's a real it's a real contrast from what's happened um like with COVID 19 your world has got smaller because you're forced to say to stay indoors um so therefore it's just your direct family and friends you know um and it's also gotten a lot bigger because you're forced to go online more exactly so opportunity is actually in my opinion has increased way more than decreased if you're willing to 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 enter the online uh, marketplace so uh, so much like so much so um especially like there's a f- okay so we've let's we've talked about those leveraging the online stuff all right and i've got loads of other options that we could do here but i wanted to run something by you um mm-hmm. that i think would be a really good uh, a really good thing especially if you had a little bit of money and a little bit of expertise um and i think you could make this could be something that you could make your first million out of if you're just out of college a couple of years or something all right it's called in america another y uh, combinator uh, business is called uh rent the backyard all right so rent the backyard.com if anyone wants to have a have a look at this so earn, i like the explanatory name yeah exactly so earn cash renting out uh an apartment in your backyard so basically what these guys are doing is they're going uh to the market saying you guys have a half an acre behind your house let us build an apartment there and you'd earn a, a rent on that right but mm-hmm. what i took this kind of putting an irish spin on this right there's there's obviously the it, the government aren't going to fix this overnight the 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 housing crisis that had been going on before the corona and it's not going mm-hmm. away like this it's, they're not going to be able to fix it really quickly so there's all this all this basically there's all this um extra land that people have around the house right so i would think if you went like it, you can set this up and say okay if you've got a backyard if you've got a side bit of your house and you don't know how to uh who to call to build on it you don't have in-house um architects you don't want to deal with the permits you just you don't want to put any money down we'll come in we'll do everything for you we'll build a house we'll sell the house and we'll go halves with you on the profit what do you think about that you do nothing i'll give you a couple of hundred grand i can see you're thinking yeah but i'm I'm thinking what why it's not worth it if you can do it yourself like it seems like you're giving away an awful amount okay so let's let's play this through say you go like literally go door to door talking to people oh right sorry yeah so if what people's problem here would be is that they don't have the the upfront cash or credit or they won't get approved for a, a 50 grand grindy flat hundred percent so they don't have to yeah. take on any risk whatsoever we take up all the risk we take up you don't have any a lot of the people that have these big gardens like they've been they bought those houses in the 80s they're rich on paper but they're not rich in cash well you can see it from looking at their their gardens they're wrecked <laughs> <laughs> exactly so we go into those wrecked gardens and say hey listen we've got 
we'd like to put 200 grand into your garden to build a build a house we need the land right we're the experts we'll do all the paperwork we'll do all that we'll pay all the lawyers you literally sit in your house watching tv and then we'll we'll sell the house for you we'll, we'll build it sell it sell it and we'll take half we'll give you half of the the profit is that what it is is it, is it half what do you mean is, is it half is that what the figures are or are you just giving I, that as an example i just is gave that example profit? i just i just made it up okay yeah but this, um, i'm not sure like uh, to be honest i don't know too much about this the business model of uh, rent the backyard i think they're more into long-term ownership so they're that's be way more capital intensive so these guys are probably you know gonna raise 500 million or something so they can but they're basically earning like a, they're buying cash flow forever because they're bu- they're building apartments that they own in someone else's garden they're basically renting the space in someone's garden so what i'm talking about is a little bit different it's basically going door to door uh into houses and say hey you know have you ever thought about building on your side there do you have good credit are you willing to leverage your own house to uh to to generate the the funds needed so you know irish people if they have their, if they have their house paid off the fear of them taking equity out of their house you know risking their home to, so you're saying leverage your house but without actually le- you're not leveraging your house from a mortgage perspective you mean leveraging from a, a deal perspective exactly so they yeah. instead so say if they, they they have two options right one they can continue they can build it themselves uh, it's probably going to take a year they're probably going to be a nervous wreck at the end of it their neighbors are going to complain about x y and z to them all that type of it's stuff it's almost a part-time full-time job yeah it done as well. exactly um they also need 200 grand to build it that's how like a minimum for a house 200 grand right so they have to find 200 grand to do it they can do that by taking equity out of their main house it's fine right but they have to do all go through the, all the mortgage stuff if they're older they won't get a mortgage for 200 mm. grand mm. they'll have to basically take that money out of their kids inheritance because the the bank will say okay we'll just put a lien on the house until you die mm. you know so mm. there's a problem that 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 solves for so many people there one solves for the housing crisis two it solves for those guys imagine if you don't do anything and you get a check for whatever 250 grand yeah a lot of people don't want to downsize because they, they they have an emotional connection and they just like their house and, and they feel they deserve it now but like they maybe they don't have they would like a few quid for themselves or for their for their kids because their kids were born in a generation that struggled to buy a house and it's a way of or are they but see what a lot of what people are doing is actually having their kids live they're actually doing they're getting they're building houses for their kids on their land exactly but not everyone wants their kids living beside them. <laughs> and the only way that they can do that is it's the only choice because the kids are young enough to get a long mortgage. Yeah. Joe? So what we're saying is, imagine going into somebody who has a little bit of land who has been struggling for years and saying to them, we're going to solve your problems. We'll give you all, we'll take all the risk, all that type of stuff. And then, you know what? You'll have 200 grand to retire on that mm. you didn't have before. Or, you know, they might there might be some people that would say, you know, oh, you know, they're, you know, I'm going to leave this to my kids. My kids can do that. Your kids don't have 200 grand on the hip. Not all Mm. of them. And that would be debt that they'd have to take out. Mm. Or you can do that now. Keep that for your kids. Uh, You know, inheritance. I mean, I think there's a business there. Yeah. I've always thought like surrounding land in, in, 
and people if you look around in in most suburbs like they're really people are really trying to make the most of every square inch they have around them because it's just a scarcity out there it's shocking for for a country that's so many green fields and mountains yeah (laughs) we've nowhere to build houses apparently (laughs) yeah it is it is really weird but that's not going to change anytime soon so i think that's a i think that's something that we could do and also you could do that you could do that overnight you just have to find uh, a backer who who knows the industry who can give you kind of a a line of credit and you could do again you're doing the top of funnel for them basically subcontracting yeah you go out here. I think any anyone who's kind of entrepreneurial in the business sec- in the building sector should be should be looking at this. You know, yeah, construction people. But you know, I'm talking about building a marketing machine around this, where anytime they someone uh, Google's retirement or mm. try like that's when we come up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So Facebook would be great for that. Facebook ads would be great for that. Facebook. So would door to door. Door to door. People, I think mm. that would be an amazing door-to-door thing. Hire mm. young lads to do that. Give them a thousand euro if they if they make a convert. You know, pay them really well, right? Mm. Um, there's so many options you could do there. I thought that was a really good one. As soon as your as soon as one of your friends gets it done, then as well, I think oh. word of mouth would be huge. Word of mouth mm. would be huge. It's kind of a long play because it takes a long time to build. It's labor intensive as well. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of those. It kind of get getting rich for sure rather than getting rich quick. Mm. That's probably yeah. a ten year play. Yeah, okay. interesting one. Yeah. So we're at an hour now. I want to do maybe just two more. I ha- I made a list of oh, yeah. stuff as well that maybe we can do a quick fire uh, COVID nineteen businesses yeah. post COVID nineteen. Cool. Um, one more. Boom, boom, boom. I really like this idea. It's called Paint Zen. So this is taking a really, really boring uh, paint and decorating business. You know, kind of a tradespeople business where you know. It, whenever I have to get something painted or whatever, I'm always talking to my friends saying, do you, know, do, you know, do you have a number of a painter type of thing? This is this is something that we could really do. Imagine if you're in Ireland and you're, this again, just putting the marketing on this. So we're saying that everything to do with house painting, all that type of stuff, we have loads and loads of content about that. Uh, and if you want a quote to get your, your house painted, we just have a list of vendors that we sell those uh, leads to simple again you build this in a one bedroom apartment is that not already done tradesmen.ie this would be just for paint though or or just for whatever niche that you're going after so basically if you go to paintzen.com for those people that are listening um this is something that they basically say okay do you want a quote you can send this out to different uh different painters and decorators whoever gets the best quote wins you take a piece of the action simple yeah it's simple yeah it's it's nothing uh nothing new i would i would imagine it's it's not that it's not something new but the idea behind this is that we're just putting marketing on top of this i think so something that people are allergic to is spending uh spending on advertising and stuff so mm. say if you're you spend like a hundred euro to get a um to convert a or to to get a customer through ads you know there's a lot of companies out there that are allergic to spend that much uh per lead but if you're getting 300 every time those leads convert i think there's something here that people aren't really thinking of when they're when they're setting up businesses like every go if go to any of those kind of uh entrepreneurship 
like challenges or whatever um or not challenges you know the ones i'm talking about like those competitions you know, yeah business idea competition they're always trying to change the world instead of just saying here there's loads of lads going around that are they don't have business every day for painting we're gonna make sure that if if they are as any kind of slack in the industry that we're providing them with work mm. so basically we're just a marketing company mm. so we don't do any imagine making money out of people painting their their house in cavern and you've never picked up a paintbrush this is what we can do with marketing like yeah <laughs> so, yeah um, so it's simple like there's not much to it like it's it it's just capturing for painting it would be word of mouth and googling like I had to get a new battery for my car and I just googled you know uh, garages that are open at the moment and, and I just found one on Google you know so it's a, that's where people are going to to find to find stuff and yeah. this is I'm trying to these types of ones are kind of like away from like Amazon and stuff like that where there's there's no kind of like Amazon for paint getting your no. your painting done yeah. or your garden it's a service done. not for services huh? Amazon doesn't yeah. do that yet so I think that's something that we could uh we could do as well so my point is anytime you're like there's no need to be completely unemployed anymore because you can just you can mm. spin this out pick a industry you know and just get get after it and then afterwards once you get start to get bigger you can start to really get your leverage on with people in india and stuff like that by saying okay we want to have content on uh, getting your house painted we need to have five different pieces of content coming up a day so just outsource that they're sending you that all the time mm. do you know what i mean you can, yeah. I, just, I just think there's this with the new <laughs> i'm so excited about the next few years because there's going to be so much uh, possibility out there um why don't you i've got one more thing that I, i'll do i'll i'll go through after maybe just to wrap up because there's one more and not really business idea but something that people can do if they're unemployed or they just want to get after it and make some money that I, that we can bring up yeah cool so what do you want me to do my my some of the things i wrote down yeah so yeah so I broke it down into kind of products, services, and then new concepts and uh, kind of the evolution of current concepts uh, okay. because of COVID-19. And essentially, you'll see there's a, there's a, there's a trend here and it's, it's a lack of interpersonal physical connection. Okay. <laughs> I did, ironically, that's usually what solidifies businesses is the kind of personal connection, shake a handshake, but... I still think that is that is going to happen, um, but people are going to get real weird about personal touch. Um, deliveries, that's an obvious one. Yeah, that's gone through the roof. Stuff you need. Have you heard of that company? I did. I heard it on the Dave and Williams podcast. Was that the? Is that the one where they've got like a hundred products or something? It's all milk stuff like that. Or yeah, no? yeah, kind of, kind of like the milkman type of thing. That. That went away. We still have a milkman, like, and, and yeah. it makes complete sense. Anything that's recurring, uh, and the, the volume of it, you can you know what it's going to be every week. Why wouldn't you out, like just get it in? Like, it seems like a futuristic thing. The stuff, what milk arriving at your door without even have to, I know. you know. But it's that's that was way ahead of its time. I just had that thought yeah. before we went on today. I'm like, I have to go get the the shopping again. I get the same stuff every week. Why isn't that just arriving yeah. every Sunday? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah, but I know that they do something like that, but it hasn't caught on, hasn't broke through. I don't need to go to the. I, I don't trust them to pick my apples. Like, yeah, that, you know that's the only thing. True. 
So uh, I do. You... I think I think you'll trust your 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 children, your teenage kids getting in Ubers with people. You know, you'll you'll trust people pick, picking your apples. Like, yeah, it's a good yeah. example. I personally wouldn't trust uh, <laughs> either. Any person. Um, so drone deliveries, I think, is going to be huge. I think um, that's. I love that idea, but it scares mm. the hell out of me as well. Imagine looking out and there's all these packages going everywhere. How do you tap into that if you were, if you were, going out on your own? Would you go into the at the drone end? Do you go into at the packaging end? I don't know. I I didn't. I haven't thought for it, and I've been watching it. There's a there's a guy doing it. Um, Mana Arrow, I think they're called the guy who's um, who set up who founded Cartrawler, um, Bobby Healy, I think his name is. But he and they did it with Camille. I don't know if they've done a prototype yet or, or what the story is. But you know, Camille, yeah. the takeaway. Um, weirdly enough, I think they're going to be the first ones to try it out. It's a random, very random. But and I haven't heard too much of it in other countries, so it's weird to think that our doorstep might be the the kind of first one that that happens, or certainly the first few hundred. It makes sense. Like it makes a lot. Apart of from the the air. Airspace, but airspace is probably going to be less clogged now, less people flying and yeah. stuff. Um, it's like so. if you, and also if you could basically to get somebody to deliver something, like the delivery cost on like just eat is something like three fifty or something. If you could just get one fifty, if it's a a drone, that's a, yeah. that's a great business. It takes out the flesh. Anything that takes out the flesh is a big. Uh, yeah, a big I don't want any flesh near my food. Nothing. If if I could have people drones making it, that'd be that'd be handy. Yeah, that's the next step. <laughs> and then and then further down the line, it's it's everybody has their own personal drone, where it goes. It, you can go. It goes to fetch things for you. Yeah, why not? Why not? Like I like mm-hmm. that idea too. Um, or you know, I remember years ago when I was in Canada, like going for a run. You could have a, the drones would follow you. While you're running, my friend had one. Oh, oh, I was just about to say that, like for vloggers and stuff. How is that not? How is that not a thing now? Like a mini, like bird-sized drone just following you as you chat and talk to it. It's, it's a camera. Yeah, they, has that been done? Yeah, they do have that. That was out years ago. Where's the way that's not? Why don't you don't see that more? You probably do, maybe you do in, in LA or something. It's interesting. We were on my friend's uncle's yacht in Canada, and it was just circling us. Videoing us while we were out at sea, it was really cool. Wow, um, but that's more of a group one, or a, but I mean, like a literal, like a tiny little thing, like a as small as you can get, just kind of hovering there because they're loud as well. Um, drive throughs, I think there should be more drive throughs. I've always said that. Why isn't there more drive throughs? It's, it's still a don't new concept. like building on land, Luke. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do drive through for it? Like coffee, coffee. There's one here in Delgany, actually. Um, is there? And people love it. It's called the... Well, the it's essentially doing walkthroughs at the moment, so... Yeah. Walkthrough coffee, even. Coffee, Out of like, a, like a hole-in-the-wall coffee, like... Yeah. There, there's a brand. Run with that, someone. Somebody take up that and run with it. Um, yeah. We could we could brainstorm all day on, on what you could get for, for drive-throughs. Because, like, there's no... Is there a drive-through chipper? No, not that I know of. Not that I know there's of. There's probably been a few drive-throughs at... <laughs> chippers <laughs> exactly drive through chinese drive bys um like yeah i think it's yeah you, again you go all day with that um if you want to make I, a business out of that what you could do is you could have uh buy up the that's what you could do if you, you'd have to have a lot of capital though you could buy up or rent out 
little plots of land around the city that yeah. are just like not being used or whatever. Do you know, like the you can't build anything on them because they're for sown for industry or something. Do you know, um, mm-hmm. and build the everything you need, like build out to spec for any type of uh, business. So we're we have a a chipper version of this that we've thought out completely. Mm-hmm. Like we've 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 done the ergonomics of that. Um, mm-hmm. We go to all the different chippers. Say, do you want to have your chipper brand in here? It costs X amount for rent, and then you could do that over and over again with all different types of drive-throughs. Uh, yeah, I think there would there's uh, there's obviously some sort of kickback uh, from from government or whatever about about drive-throughs. There must have been because the, if you go to America, the first thing you see or Canada, the first time I was over there, like it was like, well, why isn't this back in Ireland? And it yeah. still isn't. It's crazy. So. But I think you can use the guise of, um, you know, COVID nineteen non non contactless and stuff like that uh, to actually get that implemented. So I would definitely expect to see more drive throughs. What about just just something I thought about? Like, why isn't there a completely peopleless uh, car washes? There is, yeah. Where is that? I've never seen that. Oh, as in like you don't have to go in and like or there's not an attached shop. I'm and talking stuff. about just a, like a like a fifty by fifty piece of land with a machine on it. You go in, tap your card, like a vending machine. Yeah. Why isn't there anything like that? The, yeah, because the ones in in current garages uh, are they are like they're completely automated, but there just happens to be a shop beside it. It's so weird because I used to work in a, when I was in college, I used to work part-time in Texaco and it was the most profitable part of the business. Really? It was something like 82 cents to run the wash and you got 11.50. I don't know. And then there's, then there's the, the guys standing beside it then with the hose and stuff. And it's just like, what do you really, what are you, what are you getting more out of that? Like besides like a sick thing, you want to watch somebody hose down your car while you're in it. Yeah. I don't know about that. We, that's kind of the more personal. I'm thinking about just robots doing that. So the capital, like you would basically get it on tick. So you go to the companies who do that. Um, you get it. So you say to them, okay, I need five of these. Um, I'll pay you by the month. And then all you have to do anything else after that is just profit. There's no humans involved. Yeah, there's a lot of capital to, to to start that up, though. There would be those machines, or we could go and say to the the machine guy, say we'll do a profit share. Yeah, you still own them. We don't own it. We just uh, we've organized the land, we've organized everything that you need. We're going to do the marketing, mm. um, all that type of stuff. We're going to pay for maybe the guy to be spinning the sign, <laughs> dressed like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> or do you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying, anytime when any time when you say we need a lot of capital that's a huge opportunity because that's what people think. Mm. If we can go in and say, mm. we'll just give you, like I said, profit share. See what happens. Yeah, I knew someone who knew the guy who brought in um, the car washes. It was not uh, yeah. your man. I yeah. won't name names, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's uh, they, living large up there in uh, Kalini. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, okay. um, geez, that's the first two out of about 20 here. Um, face masks, Get and gators are like a next, like a neck scarf type of thing. You know those things you just pull up. Yeah, bikers wear and stuff. Um, that's an obvious one. Obvious. I think you're going to see them in H and M. I think you're going to see them in pennies. But where you could make some serious money is print on demand, uh, like like the t-shirts that we have on now. You know your own custom designed uh, face masks and stuff. So you could go to what's that like cold calling companies and saying, "Hey, do you want to? I can bang out these." Uh 
these masks for your for your staff. Yeah, with your branding on it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll deliver it. We'll put some services around it as well. Make that recurring. So you know you have to throw them out. They're not forever. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, Mark, it's a great business. Yeah. No one's gonna do that. They will do it, I, but they'll do it a shit way. They won't do it properly. <laughs> do <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> it's all the people who sell masks are the people who are trying to get a hundred quid a passive income a month. That's people who sell ma- the, the who, people who are going to be selling the masks in Dublin are the same people selling cowboy hats at concerts. Yeah, exactly. It's never going to be. They're not going to do a good job. Like, they, anyway, <laughs> I just think there's they're, so much. I'll make a there. quick book. Yeah. Um, online education, obvious one. You know what? I did my first online education course, and it was life changing. It was amazing. I'm really? so much more skilled after the ten hour course that I did. Um, like I can't. I really opened my eyes on this. The, how do you? Where? Which way do you come in? Do you build them yourself? Do you hire experts to build them for you and get them to sign over the rights to everything? What do you think about that? How do you make money from that? Well, like, there's people already making money from it, so I think fair play to them, and they're in the right space, and yeah. they've gone from strength to strength. Um, I think you can have, you can be your your a one man education, a uh, one man college. You know, whether it's an artist teaching people how to paint portraits, um, you re- it's all in house. You record everything. You do it well. Maybe maybe you're the person who creates the platform that allows people to it's a package that allows people to, to start their own course. Um, and whether that's using, it could be anything from the marketing involved, you know, yeah. the start to finish could be time, how to do time lapse, yeah. whatever, you know, how to give lectures, how to transcribe it. It, it automatically transcribes your video, what we're doing here into the notes. Yeah. There's Loads so much around there. it. Cause that's what I like where your head's at there. Cause you, you want to leverage this. So it's not just, okay, what do I know? What can I make a course of? How can I tap into the knowledge that isn't on the internet yet? And how do I market it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I really well, I probably idea. should have done as opposed to being being a, a portrait artist and, and, and in an industry where it's, you know, it's it's tough to be a multimillionaire is actually to to build something, some sort of program or product around art yeah. as opposed to being the guy looking for the product, you know? And I think, like, I, I prepared, like, a I did a, not a course, but it was like a, a 10 video thing explaining something in work and I sent it around to people because I thought it was missing knowledge from the sales teams. So I made an email, sent it out to everybody um, just because I thought it would be helpful. Um, and by doing that, I actually learned more. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like teaching it to people. Yeah. Do you not get away? So I think yeah. you'd learn a lot by 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 doing that. So say you could have a one one of your courses could be, you know, how to paint, you know, realistically another mm-hmm. course could be um these are the steps you want to take to monetize your art business mm-hmm. um the other one is print on demand these are your options and have a 10 episode thing mm-hmm. on that and then you'd have to find the content for that do you know what i mean and you'd learn more about that as well so mm-hmm. i think that's a re- loads and loads it's of a really good one i think it's a really good one for people with not a lot of capital and a lot of time on their hands and nowhere to go physically I think that's the guy you know, on teaching online. The guy that I uh, that I did did the the course with was the most boring voice in the world, but he had kind of a mm. southern droll, which I like, you know. <laughs> um, so it kept me interested. But the the biggest thing, 
like he's he's I think he sold twenty thousand of his course um at twenty quid a go. So, you know, mm. it's a million dollars. And he's not dynamic. Wow. He just tapped into a kind of a weird niche that a lot of people wanted to get into. Um, what about advertising in I have a bit of a fascination at the moment. I think I, I sent you a link I might have to a Twitter page, which is like it's called like rate my rate my backdrop or something like so it's zoom backdrops you know people the setup <laughs> that's a thing now like dressing backdrop dressing yeah okay. you advertise you know you've got a one of my paintings behind there could could people pay you if you were given courses or are you you were running events because online events are going to be a thing now um to have it in, in the backdrop a backdrop advertising love that idea that's something like <laughs> imagine and anyone can do it like so if you, the only way you could do that would be if it was affiliate marketing, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but say if you had a call to action, I don't know if you can do this through Zoom though, it would have to be, so if you could see this behind, behind me, I've got a Mark Baker's painting on the wall behind me. Um, I could set up uh, an affiliate link. So you click through, it's like a call to action uh, mm. button on my zoom thing and if you click through that it brings you to your website and if you buy i get a taste yeah or or it's in in your show note or whatever it is you know it's like in the background is this week it's you know yeah mazer's uh painting you know next yeah. week and then every week it's something different i think and it doesn't have to that painting is just one example could be a book you know people like to put books in the background so i just think there's real estate space around your body there that could be used yeah, I'm just, I'm just laughing because imagine it just says like Pepsi behind me. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean, real sellout. Like, but also the you can change your background there on Zoom. You know that, like yeah. it's for like you don't have like a green screen type thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna Im imagine that you know companies can promote virtual backgrounds. Absolutely, especially if you're running like a a one to many seminar or something. That's yeah, that's the, what I mean. It's going to be one to one to many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just um, like you meet with your mates and be like, "Here, you're going to buy something at Amazon." My Amazon affiliate link is just there over my shoulder. You know. Yeah, yeah. But like, if it is a like Pepsi, for example, if it's Ronaldo giving a a talk or doing an interview or something, and Pepsi want to sponsor his background, they can. It's he doesn't have to be put out and physically there. It's software. Like it's yeah. it's. it's so so I think that's going to be a thing. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Um. I've look. This episode is going to be a bit long, but I think yeah. it's worth going through these. Yeah, we're we're yeah. you know we're we're building the future here, Mark. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere anyway today. Um, self testing, I have written down. Um, look, we've already we've already talked about that. I think that's going to be a big thing. Uh, healthcare consultation, any kind of consultation where you need to go and see someone where they don't actually have to physically touch you. Where like you can't go. Probably physios are going to be going to be tough. I think fitness people, that's that's the thing anyway, and that's great for them. That gives them ability to to live in the you know Bali and stuff like that. And, yeah. and um, I think that that's so probably going to go strength strength. Huh? Online phys fitness courses. Is that what you're? Yeah. Yeah. That type of stuff. Yeah. I think um, a lot of branding is needed in there. A lot of kind of other content. Do you know what I mean? It is. That's where it, yeah. it, you need a big Instagram following to, to get that right. Yeah. But you could yeah. build that. You could say, okay, this is my, like you'd have oh, to yeah. build a step-by-step -step plan for that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think that'd be interesting though. The big problem with Instagram, building an Instagram thing is is content. It's it's one, creating it, and then two, actually 
uploading it and thinking about how to splice it and do it. that's why I think it like one of those drone things that like hovers around you like if if that was hooked up to Instagram live and you're willing to so let somebody for an hour follow you around on Instagram yeah and they could you know I think that's people definitely the people are we know that from Big Brother people like and celebrity love and stuff like that like yeah people like they're nosy they're voyeurs the voyeurs yeah for sure yeah um 3D technology. Talk to me 3D. about that. What, where's your head at for 3D technology? I don't know <laughs> because <laughs> I can't remember why I wrote it down. Okay. Um, well, 3D. I, I, I is it because people they're not going to be that was house too much? Sorry, it was. I, I read something about Windsor um, Nissan garage. We're doing something around 3D technology to do with the looking at cars, and they they had seen actually an increase of people, I think, looking. Same with uh, real estate companies. I've seen an increase of people actually looking because it's something you physically go out and do. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to see an increase on your website traffic. So, they've seen an increase and same with, like, video on a a house. I'm sure it's being done anyway, like, having a 3D look around a house that's for sale. Um, Anything like that 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 you need to see in 3D and to move it around. Nothing competes. Nothing's going to compare to physical, obviously. Yeah. But I think people be... probably will buy a car. Some people would buy a car online. One of my customers in Sweden was doing this a couple of years ago, um, and they they were doing really really well. They were doing three uh, D presentations for I think like Honda and some of the other big brands as well. So it wasn't so much at the dealership level, but it was at the the level of the the website. So when new things were coming out, they could mm. they did a really good job of. Like you can twist the car around, look into things. Like, re- yeah. like they did a really cool job of that. Um, not just like a ski- a schematics, but like actual pictures of the car. So you can click open, roll down the window. You know? Oh wow! It was really really cool. Um, so I, I think about that for people out there thinking coming up with business ideas. What can we do that for? Because if I want to buy a car now, I have to go in, touch a lot of hands, a lot of shaking, a lot of um, a lot of negotiating people you know sitting in a small office and stuff like that and mm. you can make that process a little bit easier uh i think i think car companies again um would pay a lot of money for that yeah you know um i also think that two things that that haven't progressed as quickly as i thought they were going to progress is 3d printing and vr virtual reality headsets yeah. I think they were the biggest thing two years ago and I don't know they haven't really they haven't landed in my house yet anyway exactly the the VR stuff it's it's a, it's going to be like Elon Musk says it's going to be you know it's going to be indistinguishable from reality soon which mm-hmm. is great but like yeah the I think again I had a customer um, from I think it was Sweden or Finland or one of those com- countries like that um, it was a really small customer but what their idea was um was virtual advertising. So kind of what you're, t- you're talking about there with the Zoom thing, putting links up behind. Um, so they, mm. all of these online, um, they do it for, for VR as well, but all of these online um, computer games where you're running around, you know, like those first person shooter games, when I mean, you're running around a city, they'd put up, they like have built a system where you can put up like a billboard in the background for Coca-Cola in, oh, yeah. in where people yeah. are playing. And you can change them out because those those um, environments are there, and people log in to play those games on the in those environments, so they're changeable. Yeah. So they it's like a new world, yeah. It's a separate world, yeah. Exactly. So isn't that interesting? So that's kind of what you're talking about there, where 
you know, yeah, get making money. Even I just thought of something there. Like if you were looking to buy a car and, and maybe you don't want to visit three, four garages because of physical interaction, you're kind of looking, you're twisting the thing, you're lowering the window down, you're looking inside it. And if you, if 3d printers were a thing, uh, it's 3d printing, isn't it? Yeah. Or the 40? No, 3D, 3D printing. Yeah. If you had one of them, if every household had one of them, which I thought they probably would, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I just haven't looked it up myself, but you could print, you could click just print and it would actually print, uh, you know, a, a small enough model that you can actually start looking at yeah. in your hand. You maybe could, you could do that. One of the biggest things about the 3d printing is that it's very expensive to still to, to fabricate things and it's limited to what you can fabricate to yeah. uh, different types of, uh, materials that are, uh, susceptible not susceptible but you know are usable in that mm-hmm. case i know a lot of people in i think it's the university of limerick they're building those face masks for frontline workers in 3d printing and they're banging them out a thousand really day. yeah just I, would, I wouldn't have thought of that i always think like plasticky kind of models and yeah. they're saying that the problem with it is they can you can build if you have the code you can build a gun and stuff like that yeah, that works you know yeah they, they, yeah they prove that so it's something to think about as well again i think that's like a a long-term thing. I don't think that's going to be in people's houses just because that's, that's the problem. I don't know how fast you can, that's one of the things that kind of have to evolve at its own pace. I think what I would say, it's kind of the theme of today from my point of view is I would say, all right, I don't want to be in a business where I'm developing VR. I'm not, I don't want to be in a business where I'm trying to build the technology for a 3d printing. I just want to sell that. So once you guys figure it out, I'll figure out a way to sell it. Yeah, I'd rather be the one that gets to play with the new VR headset because I've a business that, you know, brings in lots of nice passive income or, or you know, or quick, or I've made a lot of money through a, a more simple, yeah, exactly. straightforward thing. It's exactly like, so those type of opportunities, they're kind of what I was talking about earlier where, yeah, it's when you're in college and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be the future. I need, I'm going to need a billion dollars to to build this. Like mm. I'm talking about, okay, let someone else build it in America and then say, okay, we're the, the VR guys here and then just have a, just un, like have a, uh, a licensing agreement where you sell their stuff. Yeah. Because those, those guys who built it won't be able to sell it. Or you're an additional, you're an additional product somehow to the VR experience. Exactly. Maybe yeah. you uh, have somewhere where you, like in old shopping centers that are going to be now defunct, you've got a place where you go and do VR and you've got the best stuff they come yeah well there is there's one in in toronto in the the osher center when we were over there that was leila's that was my daughter's favorite thing about the whole holiday was the vr place we went back went went twice there's a good idea as well anything where you can bring kids to parents love you're right things to do especially these days but like and in a weird twist that like you don't want your kids interacting with other kids that's the vr is like perfect you're in this little square and you don't have to as long as the thing is clean, you're putting it on your head now, but like, yeah. you're not like bouncing around in bouncing castles. It's a very interesting one. Um, mm. We're coming up on an hour and a half here, so I just wanted, do you have one more there and then I'm, I'm going to run through just if I, if tomorrow I got the sack, what I would do. Okay. Um, hold on. <laughs> this is dead air. Hold on. Um, any, anything to, any, if here, here's a few, anything to do with uh, cleaning products um our, our cleaning services uh thermal cameras in our office that's something that's been introduced we've been told to check your 
check your temperature on the way in. Um, okay. So yeah, would we? Is do you have, is that like the gun thing that you put over someone's forehead? Apparently, it's it's. I don't know. I just got an email about it. It's a camera um, that checks. Oh my your, god. Temperature. This is, this is yeah, like, it seems like a bit, a bit extreme, but the, the, obviously it doesn't cost that much. Probably doesn't. Foot push plates to open the doors is another thing they're doing. Uh, everyone gets a health pack. Um, all, all this kind of stuff is is going to be the norm. Do you? Is there a subscription model where you can give somebody a, a health pack every every, you know, health idea. safety pack every month? Yeah, Subscri- for every big employee. fan of subscription models. Yeah, any type of subscription around this would be huge as well, and it's again something that. You can just build a kind of uh, landing page funnels for for them to just and do it really well. So they get it. They're like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I need. It's not. Mm. I think there's so much. There's either something that's super high end or super low end. But the, anything where you can just do a really good job for the money. I think that's uh, I think that you're onto a winner there. Um, I wanted well, to. The last thing I wanted to bring up here is, is the affiliate marketing programs. OK, so. When people think affiliate marketing, they think podcasters kind of sending people to uh, Amazon links. And I know we had an Amazon link at the, at the bottom of our uh, notes a few times. So that was just for our T-shirts. Um, mm-hmm. But I, if you guys go to uh, Adam, E-N-F-R-O-Y, Adam Furry, or N-Furry, um, dot com, basically he gives you 100, this kind of blogger guy, he gives you 105 best uh, uh affiliate marketing program so let me just grab the screen here mark because i want to run this by you because this is just a crazy opportunity for for people with no money with a little bit of uh get up and go about them and stuff that was not available uh a few years ago right so the number one is blue bluehost so what you can do is you can set up a company where you basically drive traffic to bluehost to hostinger to uh HostGator, all these uh, hosting sites, they all have really, really uh, lucrative um, referral fees. So say if I send you an email uh, about the best, what you need from your your hosting company, your website hosting company, right? And you buy one of my suggestions, I get $100 in payments for that. Say that again to me, sorry. Okay, so let's say that I'm, I've, I've come up with, a, I have a website that has loads of content on website hosting what do you need to know all the best yeah. you know grading whatever right put lots of content around hosting i'm just saying the hosting is lots and lots of uh options for this um so you say which hosting package is the best like website hosting um you have a landing page where you uh, not even a landing page like a call to action like this button here say this it says get started with bluehost so Bluehost, yep. Bluehost, for those people who don't know, are uh, a hosting platform where every website has to have hosting um, where the data is is managed, right? So without hosting, you don't, you can't have a website. So Bluehost yeah, provide that. And if you send them, if you send somebody to Bluehost and they buy, you get $100. Okay. How much is their product? Their product is $2.95 with the, the small um, or on the smallest package per month. So how do they pay paying you so much? So they're, they, they've taken the lifetime uh, value of their customer um, and they've said, okay, we make $800 uh, from the average customer. Um, we're going to pay out 100 to anyone who um, who sends us the, 
a customer. Also, they probably have worked out that it's very, so the Google AdWords would be very, very competitive for hosting. So it costs them more than $100 to get a customer through advertising. Ah, gotcha. Do you know what I mean? So you're- That makes complete sense. People are passionate about different things as well, like which would be easy for them to to build a, you know, a page about a certain area. Yeah, absolutely. But it's probably, you doesn't have to be any, any, you could pick anything really, couldn't you? Like- this, so that's, this is what I'm saying. So if you're completely like unemployed, but all these guys have just, um, they put in millions and millions of dollars of, of uh, R&D and they're basically paying you for customers. So there's one one route going down this way is to build an audience through uh, through blogging, through videos, through just making noise about a certain product, promoting it, and then mm. having a, a click-through link like that. And basically they'll just pay you out at the end of the month. Um, so that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is to figure out what a to figure out what a affiliate program is if it's quite a lot of money and then just do cold calling, cold emailing, for example. Um, I think in the uh, in the industry that I worked in in Canada, uh, very briefly, the the motorized chair industry, mm. um, they have a referral fee of, I think it's like $1,000 per lead, per, per like sold deal. So and how do you, how, how qualified do you have to be to, to be a, Affiliate marketing. You have no uh, qualifications oh. whatsoever. You just sign up for it. Okay. You basically sell there. You can just be a freelance salesperson, basically, and say, okay, I'm going to target all of the care homes in Ireland. I'm going to call them. I'm going to say, how many do you need? We can get you a good deal, all that type of stuff. Send those uh, what, leads. What platforms would you need are the best? Give give the best kind of click-throughs. Is it websites, blogs, which is the same as a website? Um YouTube channels, so I believe podcasts, Instagram. I think Instagram is te- like technically the best for affiliate marketing right now because okay. people are quite engaged. But like uh, YouTube, just having a website would be is would be. It depends on how many people are there, but there's so many. Like I'm just looking through a hundred for people that aren't um, aren't list are just listening rather than looking at the at the the YouTube thing here. Like there's so there's so many there's like hundreds and hundreds. All the VPN companies do this as well. So you could set up just a, a if you want to have ten of your mates that say if no one has a job, ten of your mates bring them over, give them phones, and get them to call companies and try to sell them uh, VPN services. Not even sell them. Mm-hmm. Literally say, you know, I think that you guys, you know, uh, like it, you don't seem to have a, a good uh, VPN, or you're probably paying too much. Why don't I send you a uh, my landing page that I've built for this Express v- VPN or v- uh, Nord VPN or whatever. All you guys have to do is sign up for that. They run, um, they run stuff. Uh, they run kind of promotions that we will we'll kind of like will opt you into figuring that out. So when it's half price, you buy it then. Uh, and once you have got your lead registered with Express VPN, whenever they buy over the next twelve mon- months or whatever, you'll get paid on that. So basically, you just get them get them to convert on the on a, a page that you own. You could just have ten lads doing that. Yeah, if you wanted. It to. Seems fairly straightforward. What well, could could you even be an in, another in between person, like another middleman there? So say say it's health and fitness, and you've all these health and fitness people with five thousand followers on Instagram, and you somehow kind of you be the affiliate marketer. 
middleman there between the company, say it's a, a protein shake company. Yeah. So you're you're getting them to use the link, but it goes through you. I like I like where your head's at because I do have yeah. a little example like that. We are pushing the time today, but like, <laughs> um, so th- I've got this. This these uh, are the conversations that are usually you know late at night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this uh, I've got this other company here called Better Cloud. Better Cloud are a, a cloud um, partner type of type of partner that I I work with in in HubSpot. These guys are actually based in America. They've raised a hundred million and they're doing very well. Um, so they, these guys have kind of changed the game. So there's loads and loads of like IT partners out there that sell g suite slack salesforce zendesk so they get when they sell something they get a commission right that's how that works okay yeah um so what these guys what how the business works basically they find new business for google or okta or dropbox or whatever um they bring it in dropbox on the deal uh and then dropbox give them a commission for finding the new business Okay, that's essentially what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, that's essentially what you were saying. But these guys have gone on the next step. They've they have their own partnership program. So yeah, if for people who are just listening on the on the uh, the podcast, you can go to bettercloud.com and you'll see that they've these guys are basically if you have any say if you are let's say that you're an accounting firm uh, and you come into contact with a lot of businesses and one of those businesses might be looking for a new CRM package and you think that they're going to buy a Salesforce, right? You might even say, I think Salesforce are a good, uh, a good fit for that. That's the industry standard for this type of industry that you're in. Okay. Yeah. For that, for that information, Salesforce have given you nothing because you're not an official partner. You can send that lead to me because I work with Salesforce. I can get paid on it. I'll give you something for it. So they've got partners that are non-traditional IT businesses sending them leads so they have a partner program for the partner program i get you yeah so makes sense yeah oh, it's so good when i saw this i'm like these guys really so you can do basically a referral program for the referral yeah. program it's really good i really like that um so for let's wrap this up we're at an hour and 40 minutes here mark all right so let's wrap this up the the message of today is that there is going we are getting ready for the next boom right there's a little bit of a kind of a pause to take people's breath here but there is so much opportunity out there this was the idea cast the positivity cast you know um but what do you think about those businesses do you think that there's is there any type of future for any of the stuff that we talked about today mark what do you think done right i think there's a future for every single thing we we discussed (laughs) but you have to do it right you know, you have to go all in with, and not, not, I've, you can have multiple businesses, but I mean, deep dive into it, you know, batch work, you know, like we were saying, there's no yeah. point in picking five and hoping one s- swims. Yeah. You know, I think, I think pick, pick one or pick two if, if, if you had the time and, and it, you know, we were speaking, we we're essentially kind of speaking to ourselves years ago and now, but like, you know, yeah. when we were younger, looking for something to do, like this so hard to think you know like it was like start your own landscape business a rubbish removal business yeah there's a million things there and we just came up with about 20 exactly and then we're not even like that's so i think like i want people to listen to this and feel positive about you can do anything that you want this this is a new new age now everything's online you don't have any time that you say i can't do that say say okay everybody out there if they come up with an idea and they say uh, I can't do that because I don't have the money. 
I want you to email me at luke at shark.ie and we'll we'll figure out how to get around that because capital there's no it's almost un, unnecessary in a lot of these uh, uh a lot of these businesses so mm. i think we'll wrap it up on that and we'll say you know it's been a great kind of uh, brainstorm here i hope people I, my call to action for people listening to this is to instead of whinging to their friends about how bad things are going to get or oh this is the new normal you know everyone you know all that negativity that's been pushed at you through the national broadcast all that type of stuff my call to action to you guys is sit down with your friends over zoom probably <laughs> or in a field with a group of less than four and uh <laughs> and, and start to really brainstorm and think about the future that we're going to be building because we're going to have the impact on the future it's not just going to happen joe so mm-hmm. i want people to, to get out there really start to think about where the future is going how can they tap into the all the all of the transactions that are going to happen in the next 10 years in, in the world, yeah, you, can tap, you got to tap it's into not, it. It's not necessarily the strongest or most intelligent that will survive. It's the most adaptable. Exactly. The and that, that's not a quote from me. That's Charles Darwin. <laughs> Charles Darwin. You've got, last time it was Nelson Mandela. Mark, thanks very much for uh, joining me today in Greystone Studios. Um, it's been a, a great cast. Let's leave it there for today. And uh, everybody out there, get your thinking caps on just you know get going out there just keep moving forward (laughs) all right see you next week bye